Welcome to the Memorable Experiences Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Hubler, hospitality extraordinaire. My husband, Jeff Hubler, is a retired restaurateur who is all about the business. Together, we will bring you hospitality tips, business advice, and interviews with incredible people in the hospitality industry. We hope you find actionable items in our podcast to level up your guest experience and increase your bottom line. Let's dive into today's topic. Well, Jeff, good afternoon. Welcome to our shifter. Hello, Jen. So guys, I just want to set the scene here. It's been a long day of work for me and Jeff. And it's beautiful outside. It's a beautiful fall day. We're looking outside. We can see all the yellow aspens on the mountain. It's super beautiful. And Jeff is lounging in the comfy chair in our office in his pajamas. The recliner. It's glorious. So glorious. Because sometimes that's what you need to do on a shifter, right? That is true. Yep. You just got to do what you got to do. Anyways, (laughs) I digress. So today we're talking about server training. Jeff and I went out a couple of times last week and just had some really interesting experiences at two very different restaurants. And uh, it's just worth talking about because server training, you know, obviously this is a process oriented thing. You know, there's a certain process every server should be following in your restaurant, but it's so much more than that. It's menus and drinks and specials, right? That is correct. And I think you know, some some companies, I think, train all their employees the same. Some have a much more lackadaisical approach to their waitstaff training. Um, I think, obviously, to have them more structured is much better, uh, but it doesn't always work. So what kind of structure do you want to see when you go in and you help out at restaurants? I want to see immediately greeting the table, immediately having waters on the table, Introducing yourself, if there's specials, talk about the specials, ask if you've been here before, thank you for coming in, you know, all those things right up front. And what do you think the impression is when a process like that isn't followed? Like when places are more lackadaisical, like you said? I think the guest experience is just not as good, period. It's that easy. Ah, Well, so let's give an example. So... Jeff and I went to a restaurant in town that we usually really enjoy and have great service at. And it was full of people we didn't know, which was weird anyways. (laughs) But um, when it'd been a long day and we don't need to go into all the details of the kind of ridiculousness of the service that night. But what killed it is so we never got our food because our server never rang it in. Right. Yes. And then what happened? And then you ordered an appetizer as your dinner, and I ordered the special. And after we waited an hour because the person never rang in the order, yours came out as an appetizer. So you got yours, you're finished eating, and then mine came out. Yeah, it was really rough, guys. And that's a perfect example of why it's really, really important to train on process. And I will say the manager recovered nicely, but the server like never circled back to us. No, I mean, I think he didn't even care that he made a mistake, honestly. Yeah, it was probably not the greatest person in that role. But anyways, all things aside, that really did affect our perspective of going to that place now, right? What did you say at the end of that meal? I said, I don't care if I ever come back here again. And how much does that suck? So we live in a small town and 
that that restaurant has you know food three meals a day it's eclectic american and that experience was so crappy that a loyal customer who spends a ton of money there usually well not a ton but we go there fairly often was like i'm done you know, and I had some seriously low blood sugar by that point, which didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We all say things when we're hangry, right? <laughs> so I'm sure I will go back. But the point I guess we're trying to make is, you know, every customer counts. And, you know, there was a lot of lot of things that this person did wrong that easily could have done right. Yep. And what's so interesting, too, is so that was on Wednesday and then Friday, we went out for your birthday to one of our most favorite restaurants. And what was our experience like there with that server? It was terrific. He was great. And what was amazing about that server was that he nailed it all. So he nailed the process, right? Correct. The process was flawless. And not only was the process flawless, but he was enthusiastic. He was fun. He was authentic. He like enjoyed, he, it seemed like he was happy to be at work. (laughs) Yeah. And he was, he was so knowledgeable and he, he had, he answered every question we had before we even asked it. And when we did ask something, he knew exactly what the answer was. So let's roll into menu knowledge with this because this particular server had just astounding menu knowledge. So Again, this is a place we frequent. It doesn't, the menu doesn't change very often. And when it does, it's seasonal and it's just a few items. So we came in and it was the first day of the winter seasonal menu. And Jeff and I were having a conversation while we were waiting for our cocktails and about what we wanted to order. And we were like, oh, well, let's just try all the new meat things. (laughs) (laughs) So when the server came back, he's like, hey, so what are you guys thinking? And we told him, hey, you know, We love it here. We come a lot. We just want to try all the new meat things. And he was like, okay, so you want to try? And he listed off the items. And just that was awesome, right? It was simple. He knew his menu. And he asked us too, like, hey, how would you like those to come out? Right. Right. And so he, again, he nailed the process and he had fun with us with it. You know, we were like joking around about our all meat dinner, but like you have to try the yummy meat dishes for the winter. (laughs) Of course. No one wants salad in the winter. Come on. Well, some people like salad in the winter, Uh, but it's not me or you. (laughs) (laughs) So another really great example of excellent menu knowledge that this guy had was the wine list, right? Yeah. So I love a great glass of wine, but, you know, as anyone who's getting older, which I hate to say because, you know, I'm like 36, just rolling his eyes. So old. But wine affects my body differently, so I can only have one now. So Jeff was enjoying some cocktails. I was driving, so I wanted my one glass of wine. And I was like, oh, you know, I think like with the last two, I really want just a yummy glass of red. And he immediately proceeded to two excellent recommendations. One, a really lovely Pinot out of the Willamette Valley region from Oregon. And then a cab that was from Australia. And I was like, cab from Australia? That's kind of (laughs) weird. So we ended up having this very spirited conversation about cabs from Australia. And he was like, you know what? Let me just bring you a taster of both. And that was so cool because the restaurant was bumping. I mean, it was Friday night. Those servers were hustling. And the fact that he took time out of his service to do that for me was made me feel really special. Yeah, for sure. And there are two very different, you know, types of wine. And 
very and we both liked the cab from australia which was kind of funny i know we were both surprised right we both love pinots we both love cabs they're totally different we definitely made the right choice but um the cab was also they're both like higher end glasses of wine you know but i think the cab was a little more expensive so good for him for being accommodating and for really going above and beyond because he ended up with a better sale yeah and i think we'll go back and drink that again right yeah so his knowledge of those two di- very different glasses of wines really just helped make our meal and it made our experience and his engagement around that knowledge was top notch. I mean, really, that was one of the best servers I've had in years. Like, I'm totally comfortable saying that. Yeah, he was excellent. After every, you know, dish we had, he'd come check. How was it? Was it great? Did you like it? You know, and was right there to fill our drinks whenever we needed water, anything else, refills on cocktails. Oh, he was on the refills on the cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, had the, I had the martini at the end, which was the espresso martini, which was delicious. I mean, if you're not integrating espresso martinis into your celebratory dinners, especially, you're really losing. Like, get on the winning train. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also on that note... You know, this particular restaurant does specialty cocktails every day, like different infusions. And he really knew that and sold it too. So not one time, and I'm not saying it's wrong or bad to say, I'm not sure, let me check because every, no one knows everything, but he knew, like you said, every answer to every question we had, and he answered some without us having to ask them. Yeah, definitely. He was great. He was great. We turned our table quickly. We had a lovely conversation with some Texans sitting next to us. We bumped into friends at the bar on the way out. He probably ended up with some extra sales. Well, he did because that's why we got the espresso martini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the, they had it next to the table next to us. And we were time. like, that looks so good. So anyways, so I guess the point of this is, okay, and then let's dive back in. So when you go back at, when you go to a restaurant where the server literally knows nothing about any of your questions or the basic of the cuisine, how does that come across to the consumer? Well, not good, obviously. So if you work at a barbecue place, you should probably know what's in the rubs on the meats, right? What kind of wood they're using in the smoker, like these basic details that really make barbecue barbecue. Same where if you work at a seafood restaurant, right? Like if it's local, if you know any details about the fishermen, like just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just know some details. Take your job seriously and be a professional and it will go a long way. Yep. And it's going to keep the people coming back. So you're making more money. The business is making more money and everyone's happy. Right. Because in the end, too, knowledge means sales. Yep, definitely. And what are servers doing ultimately? Selling. Selling. They're your sales force. You can be an order taker or you can be a seller. Ooh, I like that. That's spicy. (laughs) You can be an order taker or you can be a salesperson. Yep. You can sell the menu or you can just take the order. Right. And I think in the last few years, especially with the labor shortage... That came out weird. The labor shortage. (laughs) It's been easy for people to just be order takers. Yep, I agree. But I think being a seller is the best way to go. So really quick, Jeff, and I know you're looking to wrap up this quickie here, this uh, shifter conversation we're having. Quickie. (laughs) (laughs) But tell me how, because you owned your own restaurant 
when the economy busted back in 2008. So what was the difference between a seller and an order taker at that point in time? Well, going into that, it was difficult because there were jobs everywhere. So people didn't really care. They would just work one job. If they didn't like it, they'd quit. If they had to work hard, they'd quit, go get another one. It would, you know, that, every, that was your life as a business owner during that time. And then the market, everything cra- kind of crashed. And then you didn't need so many employees. <laughs> so you tried to get the best ones you could. Um, but you didn't need that many, which is difficult because, you, you know, you used to being very vibrant, busy, and then all this, these things happen. And all of a sudden you're like, huh, what's going on? But then you have the chance to hire the people that you can, you want to hire instead of just anyone out there just to have warm bodies to, you know, keep your business going. So it's, it's obviously way better. I think right now we're kind of in that pre of how it was before everything crashed, but I don't think it's going to crash this time, obviously, but um, it's well, the it's same a different economy, right? You know? it's, it's the same, the same element element of what we're dealing with right now is a labor shortage, basically. So when you were dealing with that labor shortage and you were really looking for people to be salespeople and professional servers as opposed to just order takers, how did you attract that higher end, more professional talent to your business or was it just impossible? It was not easy. (laughs) You would find someone that's good and say, hey, do you know anyone that's looking for a job, basically, um, that you think would be good? Um, You could put ads in the paper and no one would come in. So it was just more of a hope you find the right person and you train them well and hopefully other people will take note and, and work hard like the good people that you have working for you that they're doing. There you go. From the horse's mouth. And I do, I mean, I agree with you. I think, you know, our economy is definitely changing right now. Inflation's the hot word, right? We've got all this stuff going on with Russia, whatever. This isn't a politics podcast. But the economy is changing and it is shifting. And I think it will be really interesting to see some of these people in our resort economy specifically who are not excellent potentially get weeded out. Yeah, the ones that are there showing up and making $600 in five hours in tips, you know, they may get some competition, you know, which is a good thing. Definitely. Competition is always a good thing. All right. Well, I think we covered server training, why it matters, why it's good to have the process, but also have great menu and drink knowledge. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this one up, Hubler? I think that's about it. If you have a good personality, it helps too. Yeah, right. (laughs) Being engaging, fun, authentic, and excited about your job definitely makes things better. When you're like a Debbie Downer Eeyore, you're really not fun to, (laughs) like, that's not where people want to go eat. They avoid your section. That's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, guys, on that note, train your servers. Servers, if you're listening to this and you're not sure what to do, don't hesitate to reach out to us on the socials. I'm at jen.wzsjd. I'd be happy to connect with you uh, or reach out to your managers, your GM. We can get you trained. We can make sure that you thrive even as this economy shifts just by being an excellent salesperson. So if you have questions about that or if you're interested in working with us for a little training at your place, don't hesitate to reach out. But otherwise, have a great one, y'all. 
Thank you for listening to the Memorable Experiences podcast. If you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review to help get the word out to as many people as possible. You can find and tag me on the socials at jen.hubler, or you can find us online at memorableexperienceshospitality.com. Until next time.